Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Good morning. Come on, can we give it up to, for G, to Jesus for Christmas snacks? Come on, Christmas snacks. Christmas snacks. Pastor Justin, wow, come on, somebody. Let's give it up for Jesus alone. Come on, let's give him some praise this morning. <laughs> Uh, I heard Christmas snacks and I got excited, man. Come on. Uh, look at a couple people. Just welcome them to church. Say, hey, I'm a friend of God and you're lucky to be sitting by me. Tell a couple people that. I'm a friend of God and you're lucky to be sitting by me. You're lucky to know me. I am a friend of God. Come on. Anything can happen today in God's house. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope everybody uh, is feeling good. We're heading into the holiday season. And uh, we're going we're gonna to jump right into the Word today. We're going to finish our series, House of Miracles. And we've been looking at what it looks like to be a part of God's house, to, to, to believe God, to be planted in His house, to be flourishing in His house. And I really believe that my life is what it is because I planted in God's house, not, not, not any other reason. I, I, I am who I am because I've decided to plant and plug into the house of God. And so uh, I'm going to give you a story today in, in, the, in Acts chapter 16. And uh, it's an amazing picture of a miracle God did uh, through two guys that were in relationship and connection uh, for the gospel. They were connected for the glory of God. And there was this community they had. They're in a tough situation. They find themselves in a prison. And this is what it says in verse 22. Then the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, come on, anybody had a midnight hour with Jesus before? But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was an earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. I mean, imagine this. The doors open, the prisoners' chains fall off. Paul and Silas's chains fall off. This supernatural, the earthquake shakes the prison, so the doors open, but I mean, the chains fall off uh, more, even more supernaturally. An earthquake shakes the chains off of their bodies. Everyone's chains were loosed, and the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. That was the punishment for allowing the, the criminals to escape. Verse 28, but, but Paul called with a loud voice saying, do not do yourself no harm for we are all here. Look at a couple of people and say, we're all here. Do yourself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do? to be saved. What's my, what, what must I do to be saved? My title for today, very simple title, is uh, The Praise Perspective. The Praise Perspective. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you uh, for praise. Thank you that you inhabit our praise. Thank you that your word is true, and Lord, it, it can't be false. Uh, every word of it is true. You said not one bit of it would pass away. Lord, that all of it is true. And you said you inhabit the praises of your people. And you said we're two or more gathered. You're in our midst. You're here, God. We thank you that you inhabit our praise. You don't, you don't necessarily inhabit our problems. <laughs> you don't necessarily inhabit our pain. Your word says you inhabit our praise. And I thank you that today, anybody that ha has a, a focus on a problem or a pain or a, a prison that they're facing, I pray, God, that they would, they would be able to have a praise perspective in a supernatural way because you inhabit that in Jesus' matchless name. Amen? 
the praise perspective. Paul and Silas, what a story. They're in an inner dungeon in the worst scenario you could find yourself in. They're partnered up for the gospel. Two renegade dudes, man. These are some mean dudes for the gospel. They're taking territory. They're not afraid of being beaten. They've taken a, a beating for God. They've been stripped naked and, and they're, they're bleeding and they've been put by a Roman guard into an inner prison. A Roman guard was literally a retired centurion. And so this is a bad dude that's watching them. It says their hands and feet are in stocks. And so it's not just that they're locked up in a cell. They can't even move. They're immobilized. Their, their hands are in stocks. Their feet are in stocks. They've been beaten. Their back is bloody. They're stripped naked. And they're in the inner dungeon, which is probably literally the sewer uh, part. It's probably where all the sewage from that prison, from all the other prisoners would run. It would run down into that area. So many theologians believe they're locked into the, the dungeon or the, the sewage uh, area that's kind of of a dungeon as well. And they're locked into that. Can you imagine? Come on. I'm a germ freak. Somebody can you, can you, can you imagine having open sores and open beating and, and bleeding and open wounds and then be seated in and locked into, uh, the literally, a, a sewage type environment. I mean, all of the infection that was down there. Some of y'all, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I just, I, I couldn't handle it. I would have go ahead and just said, God, take me to heaven now. Rapture me out. That's worse than anything. I'll take the beating, but don't put me in sewage. And, and it says that, that it can't literally get any worse for these guys. And at midnight, they're praying and singing hymns to God. They begin to sing and praise God. I mean, come on. Anybody ever sing hymns? We don't do them here, but they're hard to sing. Come on. They'll be like, open the hymnal to page 9,722. I'll start trying to sing a hymn. They're like, we're going to begin with amazing grace. Stanza one. I don't even know what a stanza is. I'm like, amazing grace. And now I'm singing that. And all of a sudden it's like, swing low. I'm like, what song am I singing? It's like four songs on one page of a hymnal. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't know what song this is. Singing three songs at once. These boys are singing praise and songs to God. They're not bitter. They're not angry. They're not anxious. They're not fearful. They're not complaining. I can imagine Paul looking over at Silas. Hey, wake up, buddy. Hey, man. I know, I know it's been tough, but man, man, God hadn't left us. Hey, hey man, why, why, don't, why, don't we start, why don't we start singing a few of those, those worship songs? Why don't we start singing that, that, you, that God wouldn't shut heaven right now? Why don't, let's, let's just start singing. And, and all of a sudden, they're the way they are because they've allowed praise to shape their perspective. They've allowed praise to begin to do something in their life. I wrote this down. Write this down if you're taking notes. Uh, come on. Note takers are history makers. Take it on your phone. Write it on your hand. Put it on your shoe. Do something. But take notes. Praise prevents our perspective from getting poisoned in prison. So often we get into prisons in life and we get into situations and it's so easy for our perspective to get, to get, to get bitter or to get anxious or get to, to get fearful. You know, it's hard to blame God and others when we're praising him. It's hard to get into this scenario of being, being worryful or, or doubtful when we're praising God. So they literally begin to praise. They praise. The prison doors shake and earthquake opens prison doors. Chains fall off and it's amazing. I think it's amazing. I think that the, the freedom that God brings is amazing. I think, I think that the chains falling off is amazing. I think that's awesome. But I think there's a stronger sermon. I think there's a more sensational story. I, I think so often that we do, we talk about the, the praise that brings freedom, praise that opens doors, and praise that removes chains. And that's all true. And God inhabits the praises of his people. And this is a house of miracles. And we're believing for open doors and for miracles. And that's all awesome. But the more sensational miracle is that they didn't run. The prison doors fling open and 
the chains fall off and their miracle comes through and God gives them the breakthrough and Paul says, we're all here. Sir, no one's run. Don't, don't kill yourself. Don't, don't harm yourself, sir. Sir, we're all, we're all here. They could have run away. They could have fled. They could have taken their miracle and gone home. They said, we're not leaving. We're not running. We're actually waiting on what God would do here. We're actually waiting and hanging around. They actually went back to the prison the next day. We're not anxious. We're not mad. We're not in a hurry. We're not trying to get out of this prison because our perspective is one of praise. We haven't gotten bitter in our problems and our pain. Come on, anybody? They've actually allowed their perspective to be praised. Listen to me. You run and we run when our perspective gets poisoned. I run when my perspective gets poisoned. You run when your perspective gets poisoned. Come on, that's why kids want to run away. They're going to have better parents and better rules and better money and better house somewhere. I don't like all this. Come on, that's why, that's why marriages kind of break up sometimes because we run when our, poison, when our perspective gets poisoned about a person or, or that's, why, that's why we want a different job or we want a different boss or that's why we kind of run from thing to thing to thing. We run from responsibility sometimes. We run from pain. We run from pressure. We run, run from problems. We run from being 16. We want to be 21. We run from being 21. We want to be 30. You know, I don't, I don't run from being this age. I want to go backwards now. But I wouldn't have the wisdom I had if I was going backwards. You know what I'm saying? I, we, we always, we get these perspectives and all of a sudden we want to run from stuff. We want to run from our kids. We want to run from our spouses. Come on, don't look at anybody right now. But, I'm, but we're not running. I'm here and I'm going to declare we're a church and you're a family that you're not running because you've allowed praise to shape your perspective what, no matter what kind of pain or what kind of problem that you face, no matter what went on at the holidays. Come on. I know we all just came through some holiday trauma, somebody. We had a great holiday season with family. In Jesus' name, we love all three. My, my grandfather used to say, guests are like fish. After three days, they start to stink, somebody. Dude just fell out of the front row right there. Just went out. Boom. It's powerful. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, just, I think that we're going to say, you know what? I, I'm, I'm not running. My perspective is, is literally one of praise. We all have foundational experiences that have poisoned our perspectives. We, we, all, we all have it, Whether, whatever it was. Maybe, maybe you grew up and you faced abuse, or maybe you grew up and you had a bad teacher, or maybe you had a divorce or a failed marriage, or maybe a failure in business. Maybe you got bit by a dog. Come on. We all, we all have foundational experiences that have instilled fear or anxiety or worry into our life and situations. I remember when I was 12, I got thrown by a horse. I was like, man, I, I, was, I was scared of horses. I was like, I will, I will never get back on a horse. And I wouldn't tell you I was scared of a horse, but I had an internal vow. I will never get back on a horse. You know, you probably have a poison perspective if you have a lot of I will nevers in your life. If, if you have a lot of I will never be like him. I will never be like her. I will never do what they did. You probably have a little bit of a poison perspective because you're focused on the pain and the problem and not the praise of who God's called you to be. And, and, and so I think, I think God wants to heal some of these foundational painful perspectives that we've taken in. When I got thrown off that horse, I went to camp with my 12-year-old son about 25 years later, and he wanted to go horseback riding for the cowboy breakfast one morning. And they did a little lottery and chose names for who would get picked out of a thousand people at camp to go ride the horse. And he's like, dad, can we ride the horse? I'm like, God, no, we can't ride the horse. In my mind is what I'm saying. And in my heart is what I'm saying. But my son wanted to ride the horse. So I'm like, okay, we'll put our name in the hat. And in my mind, I'm like, they're never going to draw us. There's a thousand people here. Sure enough. 
It's all us to ride the horse. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Some of y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about right now. You know, there's certain things in your life. You're like, okay, I can do it. I can do it. We, 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 we saddle up. They get the horses all already. The horses are in the crowd. They're assigning horses with different names. They're like, sir, your horse is going to be named your horse. You, you're riding phantom. I'm like, God, I know I am. <laughs> Dang. Of course I get phantom. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, help me. I get out there on phantom. What's phantom start doing? Starts manifesting like a demon phantom. He is starts spinning in circles. I'm like, Oh, just my horse. The, the only one out there. Yeah, just we're in the corral. I'm like, in, I start rebuking demons. I start rebuking. The, I'm like, not today, devil. I'm locking down. I'm riding this thing. And I just, you know, I, 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 I succeeded. We rode to the top and it was awesome. And, and, I, and I've ridden a horse since. Like my point is God wants to heal some painful poison perspectives that you have that you literally can begin to praise and go, you know what, God, I want to heal that. Some of you have a, a, a poison perspective with marriage or kids or a job or a boss or, or getting to know people or staying in church or, fi or financially giving or serving. I don't know. Maybe dogs, animals, a horse. I don't know. But you know that your heart pounds when you have to face that thing or when you have to go through that, God, I believe, can heal that. Paul and Silas, they don't run. They don't run because their, their perspective's not poisoned. They don't run because they're praising God. They don't take off from the prison doors. They begin to worship and they begin to praise God. They begin to have this earthquake that takes place. And the scariest moment of your life in a dungeon in an earthquake. Come on, that's a bad place to be. Yeah. And the worst place they could be, but God's about to do something bigger. I just wrote some thoughts about why they didn't run and how they could wait on God. I, I think it's because they were stronger together. I think it's because they had each other and they're praising God in the middle of this situation that they have this praise that's a part of their life. I wrote down three things that really they have. I think they have godly community. And, and I think that the power of each other brings something in their life. And I just, I'm going to give you three things today that really godly community brings or, or this, this church, House of Miracles, what this does for us and what it does for you. The first thing I believe it does, and you've heard me say this often, but I'll say it again. Godly community gives you strength. Godly community gives you strength. Community, common unity. Not, not, not we're all in this just to hang out as a fraternity. This isn't a social club. Like, no, we have a common unity. We have common unity, community. There's a common mission, a common goal. There's strength in purpose. Come on. There's strength in direction, a common unity. People all the time say, well, my church is the woods. No, it's not. My church is the golf course. My church is the fishing boat out there. My church is in the woods hunting. My church is, my church is this. No, that's refreshing, but it's not Bible. The, the, the church of God is where we gather and we lift up the name of Jesus and we build relationships and we have, we have communion of the, with the body of God and we break bread and we, we gather around the apostles' doctrine and we lift up the word of God. That's godly community. It gives me strength. It gives you strength. And I think it's important that you have that. You have somebody, some people around you. Come on. I, I mean, there's times in my life I've been so close to Jesus and still felt alone. Have you, anybody? I mean, I, I, I've been successful and close to God and God answering prayers and doing things in my life and still felt alone. And, and I'm not, I'm not alone in that. Think about Adam. Adam in the garden of Eden is walking with Jesus in the cool of the day, surrounded by the light of God's glory day in and day out, day in and day out, full of God's presence. And God says, it's not good for Adam to be alone. Yeah. What? Yeah. Adam's alone and walking with Jesus. It's because you were never designed to just walk with Jesus. 
You were designed to walk with each other and walk in community and walk with people. And I, I think God's trying to shake some of us out of isolation and out of insulation. I think God wants to shake his church out of isolation and insulation where we're isolated from anybody that's not like us and insulated from any of the problems and pain of the world. That's not, that's country club church. That's not us. Come on. I didn't grow up country club pool. I didn't grow up Grey Poupon and the country club pool, somebody. No, 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 no. I grew up public pool swimming. Come on, anybody, any public pool swimmers out here? Come on, all swim. It's all swim. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I didn't have a little tab at the country club cafe. I was trying to get a dollar for the snack shack. Come on. We had to get out of the pool and then all of a sudden the lifeguard would blow the whistle and it's all swim. Everybody's in the pool. Everybody, every age, every race, every background, every socioeconomic status, everybody. Chlorine's so, so strong. It's burning your eyeballs out because people are peeing in the pool and it's all crazy. Doesn't matter. We're, we're an all-swim church. Amen. And I, we're an all-swim church. I, I love the people coming here and they're like, man, there's no, there so much diversity and so many different backgrounds and so many different people and so many different ages and so many different genders and so many different colors and so many different... Come on. I mean, this, it's amazing. I love the fact that, that there, it's all walks of life in here. I just love it. And I, I just... I just don't want us to be so isolated and insulated. I think sometimes we run from relationships and we run from what God's actually trying to build. If you're, listen to this, if you're in communion, communion with God, you're in community with his people. God designed you and I for community. Paul and Silas are in prison. They're stripped naked. They're bloody. They're beaten. They're battered. They're painful. Can I tell you, this is an embarrassing moment. It's an embarrassing moment. And these two guys are stripped and beaten and naked and singing praises in a horrible prison. I just want to tell you, you know this. Life can beat you up and leave you stripped naked and bleeding and embarrassed and in pain. Life does that. Not if, but when. And the reality is, many of us, the reason we run from relationships is because we would rather choose bondage over embarrassment. We would rather choose bondage over embarrassment. We'd rather choose that than getting real and getting honest with each other and getting somebody in my life that can be in a prison with me that's horrible and I'm facing some stuff and I'm beaten and I'm bloody and I'm battered and I don't know if I'm going to make it, but somebody's going to be there that'll praise God with me. Somebody's going to be there. You need to get some people in your life that you can trust in your worst prison to actually praise God with you and lift up the name of Jesus with you that you can share the dirty details with. And that you can get honest with because there's strength in that community. And I think that we need that. I need that in my life. You were not designed to carry anything too heavy on your own. And I don't want to run from relationships because I want bondage. Bondage lasts for a lifetime. Embarrassment just lasts for a moment. I'd rather be honest and be real. And there are prisons that you and I face that we'll never get out of without the power of a strong relationship. I don't know what it is you're facing today, but I want to encourage you. Look, you don't have to carry it alone. What are, you, what are you carrying that requires community? Like right now, just ask, what am I carrying that I can't, that I can't carry on my, my own? I'm too tired. I've tried to carry king-size mattresses up stairwells by myself. Looking stupid. Hurting my back. Carrying, come on, any guys in here tried to carry a recliner upstairs by yourself? Come on, where you at? Any, yeah. Anybody, anybody, this is a bad one. Anybody ever tried to carry a, a pull-out bed by themselves? Anybody? Come on, that's why you're limping right now. That's why you're in here crooked. You weren't designed to carry stuff by yourself. 
We need community to help us carry stuff. And the way God strengthens you is godly community. Number one, you get strength from godly community. Number two, this is important. Godly community magnifies your worship. Godly community will actually magnify your worship. These two guys are together singing. Paul's singing. Silas is singing. Come come on, imagine, imagine in prison and all this is going on and imagine it's one dude singing. One dude singing would be weird. All the prisoners would be listening like, who's that weird dude singing? That's annoying. You know what I mean? Like one dude singing is annoying. One crazy. That's one. It went from one dude to a duet. Come on, somebody. Went to a little harmony. A little, a little, and it became influence, influential. And all of a sudden the other prisoners are listening. They're going, wait a minute. There's some harmony. There's some duo. There's, there's two guys singing. It's not one crazy dude back there. There's two dudes singing back there. What's going on? It begins to magnify. And it was, as it was magnified, all of a sudden the earthquake hits. Things begin to happen. There's suddenlies that take place in the middle of these guys singing. I need a couple guys to help me out. I got this rope up here. Come on, I got a little tug of war rope. I don't know if there's a few guys that can help me. Y'all don't hurt me, okay? Y'all don't hurt me today. Y'all, y'all are all on that side. It's uh, me against, I don't need y'all. No, no, I got this by myself. It's me, myself, and I. It's, how the, it's the only way it works. It's not wise. It's not wise, but it's how a lot of us live. It's not wise, but, 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 but all of a sudden, these, these guys are in prison. And what happens is we begin to get into certain prisons, and we face uh, maybe the bills right there on the front. And how, do, how are we going to make the bills work? And, and my company is, is struggling. And I begin to pull on, on that problem. And then, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I begin to go, yeah, 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 I got y'all. Yeah, and then, yeah, hold on, hold on. And they're, they're pulling. Hold on. No, don't, don't, be, don't take me too far. Just give me easy. I'm pulling. And, I, and then I'm pulling on, you know, I'm going through some marriage struggles in this season and my wife and I aren't getting along too good and, and I'm pulling on that problem and, and I feel like, man, I, you know, I just got let down uh, by this or I just lost a job or I, I just lost a relationship and I'm, I, I'm in so much pain and you know what I went through when I was a child and all of a sudden I have this problem and this pain perspective when I'm playing tug of war with every single problem I have. Come on, go ahead and pull on me. But when I begin to lift my hands and praise God, and I begin to take my hands off the, off the battle of the problem and the pain. You see, when I let go of that rope, they kind of, they all just kind of flinched a little bit and fell back. Have you ever done that in tug of war where you're pulling and you let go of the rope and all the, all of them fall? When, when you literally begin to lift your hands and let go of the tug of war with your pain and your problems in those perspectives, I went through so much and they did me so wrong and, and this happened and I can't get, when you begin to actually put your hands in praise, it actually throws the problems in the prisons off balance. It actually begins, thank you guys, come on, give them a hand. It, and it does it. It actually does it suddenly. Like, how could God do this suddenly? It was suddenly that they, they're thrown off balance. It was suddenly that they, they didn't have their, 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 their power. And suddenly, all of a sudden, I have new mobility and a new mindset and new ministry and new life in my mind, new life in my marriage, new life in the things that I'm facing. The problems are still there. But I've got a new mobility. and I'm not actually attached to the perspective of the problems playing tug of war every day of my life. Y'all with me today? I think sometimes you just got to throw your, there's a suddenly, there's this power in worship and these guys are worshiping together and all of a sudden this community of worship flings these doors open for people's lives. The prisoners are listening. Godly worship is being brought on the scene. Nobody's running. This guy says, what must I do to be saved? The jailer says, how do I get saved? Paul says, hey, you got call on the name of Jesus. They clean up Paul and, Paul's and Silas's wounds. They get saved. They get water baptized. Supernatural stuff happens. They go back to prison. Yeah. 
Paul and them go back the next day. And all of these, all of these people, all these other prisoners are listening to the worship. Can I, can I tell you that when we have community worship that's magnified, people don't come in here and want to run from that. People come in here and drawn to that. They're intrigued by that. Come on, do you take yourself back to when you remember walking into a church like ours that actually had had some freedom in life in worship? When you walked into an environment, I remember the first time I was in Indianapolis, I walked into a church like this and I sat in the back row and I wept in the presence of God. I'm not talking, I'm not dogging churches. I'm talking about churches with the presence of God. That could be all types of churches. That can be a little chapel. That could be a big church. Churches with the presence of God worshiping and singing to God. You walked in that environment and you knew your soul was thirsty. You knew something was missing from your life. And you said, my God, what is that? People walk out here every week and go, man, something was in that room. Something was in that song. My dad does it all the time. He comes here and he weeps all through worship. He's not saved. I just, I just, when's the last time that that you ran from that? No, you get people in that environment and all of a sudden things begin to change. That's what's happening in this story. Literally these, this man is lost and he says, what must I do to be saved? I had a young lady years ago, walked into our worship service and she said, I saw you people on your knees. I saw you people with your hands in there. And I realized I wasn't even a Christian. She said, what must I do to be saved? She said, I need God that way. What is that in my life? And she gave her life to Christ. Same thing's happening here. When you begin to give communal worship and the power of this in worship, or maybe just you and your wife or your family turning some music on, just a, a group of people worshiping God, it magnifies that and people give their life to Christ. It's powerful. I think that worship really magnifies community. And then a godly community magnifies worship. And then number three, the last one. Y'all still with me today? Godly community gives you God's perspective. They're beaten. They're in a hostage scenario. It's the worst situation of their life. Earthquake shakes, chains fall, and they go back to jail. They walk back up in there the next day. I mean, think about it. Come on, would you do that? Let's be honest. You'd be singing, I'm free to run. (laughs) I'm free to dance. You know, y'all know that song, old school. I'm free to run. Y'all, y'all, no. You'd be like, won't he do it? <laughs> I'm out. We out. Peace. He'd open the doors. I got my miracle. My miracle. No, no, no. That's not what they did. They, they didn't even run. Here, here's our perspective. What am I free from? Here's God's perspective. Who am I free for? It's just different. When it's, it's one up, what am I free from? I'm constantly trying to get out of and to get away from and to get delivered from and to get, no, no, no. God, I know you want to do that in my life, but now who have you done that for? Because on the other side, these boys don't run because they know God does an earthquake miracle, not, not just for them, but he wants to do something through them. And so when we come in here each week and God begins to do things in your life, and I'm believing for a a house of miracles and you to leave here and supernatural stuff to take place, it's not just to free you from something, it's to free you for somebody. And I just want to ask you, what, what are you running from that God's asked you to go back to? I don't, I don't know what it is for you. What, what, are you, what are you trying to get out of? What, what, what kind of earthquake? You might feel like you're in jail right now or in prison right now. I'm just asking you, let praise shape that perspective. God's not gonna leave you alone in that. Listen to me, he's not leaving you alone. God's showing up in prisons right now, right now as I speak, right now. He's showing up in prisons right this moment. Whatever it is you're facing, you're not alone in that. You don't have to try to flee from that and run from that. You don't have to run from those kids. You don't have to run from yourself. 
You don't have to, to, to paralyze yourself with social media and paralyze yourself with, with information and paralyze yourself with entertainment. You don't have to just numb your life up. You can live. You can breathe. You can let go of the rope and the pain perspective and go, you know what, God, I'm going to praise you with this life that I have. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to build my family. I'm going to believe you, God. I'm not alone in this. Paul and Silas, they don't run. We're all here. They lead a suicidal man to Jesus. They go back into prison the next day. They lead this man and his family to the Lord. Do you know that this Philippian jailer, that his family, I'm going to close up with you. His family is one of the founding families of the Philippian church. Do you, do you know that the Philippian church was the first church in godless Europe? That all of pagan Europe was impacted by a miracle God did in a prison through two men that decided not to run. Two men that decided we're not, we're not here for ourselves. We're going to we're going to ask what you're about to do, God. I, I, I could run. I could get out of this prison. But hey, 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 I'm, I'm not because you want to do something. What are you running from that God wants to use you in? What, what are you trying to get out? Paul says, we're all here. Maybe you just ran from family. I don't know. Holiday season. Come on, it's not. Holidays aren't easy, everybody. Maybe you're running from yourself. You're running from your kids, running from your spouse. Here's the greatest gift that you can give to God, to your church, to your community, to your job, to your family, to your children, to yourself, is be all here. We're in a society that's not all here. And I'm not going to tell you what to do. I, I, I got rid of every social media platform in my life for, for a while. I'm not going to tell you to do that. I'm not saying that. I'm not up here t telling you to do that. Don't hear that. Don't be like, he said, no, don't do that. For me, for me, I, I, was, I was inundated and, and, and numbed and, and void by social media and Instagram and Facebook and who knows that and who's doing what. And, I just, and God just spoke to me and said, get off of it indefinitely. Justin doesn't like that because he's our social media director. He's like, Pastor. <laughs> but I, I'm just telling you what I did for me. I, I don't know what you need to do. But what I do know you need to do is be all here. Your children need you to be all there. And what God told me to do today in this moment was this. He told me to have you look at each other. and He told me to have husbands look at, at wives and wives look at husbands and say, I'm all here. He told me to have kids look at their parents and parents look at children and say, I'm all here. He told me to have you look at yourself and say, I'm all here, God. Maybe just take a minute. Come on, just look at somebody. Just whoever's by you, whoever you know, you need to look in their eyes. Come on, look at my wife right here. Maybe I'm all here. I'm all here for you. I'm all here for my kids. I'm all here for our church. I'm all here for our community. I'm all here for your family. I'm all here for our future. Come on, are you all here? We haven't gone anywhere. We're all here. I want to pray for you to have strength today to actually believe it and live it. Father, I thank you for this house. I thank you for a, a supernatural house of miracles. I thank you that we have a praise perspective. If two dudes could change Europe through praising through a prison, what could all of us do with a praise perspective, oh God? 
I pray for a praise perspective in that marriage right now. I pray for a praise perspective in that relationship or in that business right now. There's plenty of problems. There's plenty of pain. There's plenty of trauma. There's plenty of things we've been through, oh God. But Lord, we let go of the rope. We let go of the tug of war and we look to you. We lift our hands in the air and we worship a mighty God. God, I thank you that we're all here, that you can remove prison doors. You can remove shackles and chains in the middle of our prisons and you can give us the power to praise you in the worst scenarios. God, I pray that we'd be all here for our, for our community. God, we're all here for you. Lord, the days that our faith wanes and we doubt, thank you that you strengthen our faith. Thank you, Jesus, that you're praying for us right now that our faith would not fail us. Lord, in this hour, going into December, going into the end of this year, sometimes it wanes off at the end of a year. Thank you for a church that's all here. We're all here for a community next week. We're all here in a vision offering next week, oh God. We're all here to move our church forward to impact this region, God. Thank you for using us and choosing us. I thank you for the strength for people to be all in and all here today as they leave here. I give you glory and honor. Just take another second. If you're in this place and you say, you know what, pastor, I'm not, I'm not right with God. I'm not all in. I'm not all here with God. I've never given my life to Jesus. I've had religion or I've been drugged to church by a family member. or I've, but I've never had a relationship with Jesus. I've never had a real relationship with God. I don't mean a bunch of rules and regulations and clean yourself up and be perfect. I don't mean that. I mean a real thriving, living relationship with God that comes through a man named Jesus Christ. He died on a tree, lived on this planet for 33 years, did not sin once, lived perfect, went to a cross, took all of the punishment for our sin and our mistakes and our shame and our guilt and nailed it all to a tree in his body was ripped limb by limb to put our life back together again and then he rose from the dead he didn't stop there he rose from the dead on the third day to declare that he is God and that he can save you from your sins and give you an eternal relationship with a heavenly father and God is offering that to you today maybe you have experienced religion maybe you've experienced rules but you've never experienced the grace and love and mercy of a God that knows you and loves you He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you today. If you're watching online, maybe you need a fresh start with God this morning. If you're in this room, maybe you know, I need a fresh start with God. Maybe you walked with God years ago and you've walked away. Maybe you've strayed. Maybe you never have walked with him and today's your first time. I'm going to pray for you here in a second. If you'd say, you know what? I believe Jesus rose from the dead. I believe he's, he's God. I believe he paid for my, my debt and my sin. I'm ready to turn from that life and give him all that. I'm ready for him to be my Lord and my Savior. I want a relationship with God. I want a fresh start with God. It's as simple as just saying Jesus is God. I believe he rose from the dead. and Asking him to be your Lord and leader. No one looking around, heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're in this room or you're online, if you're online right now, would you just type in fresh start? Just say, I need a fresh start. Pray for me. Just type in fresh start. We're going to get you some resources and pray for you here in a second. And then if you're in this room, if you say, Pastor, I need a fresh start, would you put your hand up to me boldly right now? I need a fresh start with God. Thank you for your boldness, young man. Anybody else? I need a fresh start with God. Put it up high so I can pray for you. I need a, a relationship with God today. Awesome. Awesome. Come on, several people saying yes to Jesus in this place. Come on, that's a miracle, church. We, that's a miracle. People saying yes to eternity. Yes to Jesus. I'm going to pray a simple prayer right now with you. And if you put your hand up, Pray this prayer with me. If you need to put your hand up, pray, put your heart up in this prayer right now. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for, for ultimately 
facing the worst prison that anyone could face, the prison of death, the prison of sin. Thank you for conquering and defeating those powers. Thank you for taking my punishment to that cross. Take my shame and my guilt and my, my fear. Take my, my perspective that's been poisoned. Take all that and nail it to that tree today, Lord. Brand new for me. Lord, I believe you rose from the dead. Give me your life today. I want a, a life with you, not religion. I want you, Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me the power to serve you and worship you and live for you the rest of my days. The power to be all here for you, oh God. Give you glory and honor in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's give God praise in this place. Come on, we all here. Give him an all here praise. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.